the 31st chapter of uh, the book of Exodus tonight, uh, uh, starting at verse 12, and we'll try to finish that chapter. Again, I remind you that Moses uh, was up on the mountain with God, and God had given him all of the instructions and the blueprint, really, for the tabernacle that was to be built. <clears throat> And then uh, God shared with us last week how that He had called certain people to lead out in, in building this tabernacle. He had uh, called men that were gifted in, in doing lots of different kinds of stuff, uh, metalwork, uh, cutting stones, whatever, woodworking, all the things that needed to be done. And in this passage that we're going to cover tonight, it will seem like a repeat because much is said in the book of Exodus concerning the Sabbath day. And again, God instructs Moses concerning the Sabbath. This was so important <clears throat> in God's economy. If you remember back the first time the Sabbath is mentioned is early in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2, as a matter of fact, where God had created everything and He rested on the seventh day. And He hallowed that day. He set it aside for <clears throat> His day and for His people to uh, worship Him on. And I wondered why God is repeating this telling us about the Sabbath again. But then I was reminded, no doubt there were people, millions of people, that were so anxious to help build this tabernacle. They had wanted a place where God could come and meet with them. No doubt they were excited about it. I don't know if you've ever been through a building project in a church or not, but it, it can be an exciting time as long as things are going good. I remember when we built the church at Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, we had volunteer crews coming in every week for several weeks. I remember the, the first one that came was from Sweetwater Baptist Association. They got me out of bed at 4 o'clock on Monday morning. They had driven all night and arrived at my house at 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, they said, we need a place to change clothes. They'd just come from church. <laughs> Drove up there. And uh, we, we were excited to get started on the foundation of that building and the other teams that came in and constructed the walls and all those other things. Of course, there were some trying times in it too. But one of the things that I remember so much, and it, it took us several months, but when we finally got into the building and got all of the construction done, it was like everybody said, glad that's over, and just sat down. 
we've been gaining new people all along because people were excited. They'd drive by and see a new church being built and they'd stop and talk about it. We'd invite them to church. But boy, it went the other way when the building was completed. Uh, it's just like all the excitement left and everybody had just said, I'm wore out. Don't ask me to do anything else. <laughs> but God turned that around after a few weeks of that. But uh, I, I'm sure that God gave these instructions concerning the Sabbath so that these people and their zeal to construct the tabernacle didn't overwork themselves and didn't work on God's day. So let's begin reading in verse 12. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is the sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work on the Sabbath, the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. The Sabbath day, the charge to to keep the Sabbath day. This is for Israel. Israel, yeah. This was directions to them. The Lord spoke to Moses. This happens occasionally in the Bible where the Lord speaks directly to someone, and here he was speaking directly to Moses. There are people today that say God is, don't, don't speak to people anymore. Yes, He still speaks. When He has something to say, He speaks. The Lord spake to Moses, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath you shall keep. Why? For it is a sign or a covenant between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord that do, does sanctify you. Like I said, this is, these are some of the things that we've studied already before in Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments. We took some time to study, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But God is reminding them God doesn't want them jumping into this job of building the tabernacle and being overzealous and thinking they had to work seven days a week in order to get it done. And God reminds them 
that in six days He created the heavens and the earth and all the things that are therein, but He rested on the seventh day. And He hallowed that day. He set it aside for His purposes. It's something that we have gone far, far away from in our nation today. And I think we're suffering for it. I think it's still pleasing to God when we set aside a day to rest and to worship Him. He said, this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. Among the Jewish people, they're still pretty strict about keeping the Sabbath day. He said that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. The Lord is a holy person. And He tells us, be ye holy for I am holy. And there are things that God has said in His, His uh, economy, such as the seventh day, that He wants us to continue to, to observe and keep that. And it's, it's not so much for His benefit as it is for our benefit. There's many corporations today that uh, they, they run seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But they're learning that when they work someone without them having some time off to rest, that production goes down. It doesn't stay up like it should. I heard on TV the other day where they're thinking about cutting back to a 32-hour week instead of a 40-hour. And they say that they can get as much done in 32 hours as they can in 40 hours. Well, I don't know if they can or not. But man needs a day of rest. You and I need it. And they needed it back in that day. But now there were some consequences to not observing the Sabbath day. Verse 14, you shall keep the Sabbath day. Therefore, for it is holy unto you. And notice what he says. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. That's pretty strong punishment, isn't it? Every person who defiles it, who violates the Sabbath, shall surely be put to death. For whosoever does any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. I studied on this a little bit today. Uh, some people take it that, that where it says that soul shall be cut off from among his people. That the people uh, shun them. The uh, Amish people are known for shunning people in their own group, if they've broken the, their laws and their customs, they don't eat with them. And some people have said that this is what he's talking about here. But really, it, it, it just comes back to say it again, that uh, they're to be put to death. Uh, in verse 15, it says, He shall surely be put to death. 
Why would you think there's such a harsh penalty for breaking the Sabbath? Give me your opinions on it. Holly? To discourage them from doing it. That's a good good thing. Dennis, do you have something? It's not just a day off from work, but it's a day to worship God. And that's uh, one of the things that is missing in most of our world today. I'm sure that most of you grew up when uh, Sunday was set aside for people to, to come to church. Businesses closed. In some cases, even on Wednesday, they would close because uh, the Wednesday night services. I remember driving through Sweetwater on Sunday, and there wouldn't but two things open in that whole town. The Cherokee Theater, it stayed open on Sunday. And Vance White had a gas station that stayed open on Sunday. All the rest of the business is closed. You just... Uh, you went to church and you went back home and spent the rest of the day with your family or whatever. And uh, I think it worked pretty good myself, but it wasn't long till uh, things started changing and we started. Chick-fil-A has too. You pass a Chick-fil-A and you'll see two lines of cars completely around that. I don't care where it's at. And I'm sure there's people inside too. But uh, they, they honor that and they close on, on Sunday. It is. Yeah. It's makes it difficult. And, uh, I, uh, shortly after I got saved, I was working in the grocery store and they, they stayed open on Sundays, but that was one of my days off. And I remember one Saturday night, uh, the boss said, uh, we're shorthanded, can you work tomorrow? I hadn't been saved very long, and I said, yeah, I don't want to, but I will. So I worked Sunday. Well, lo and behold, he came back the next Saturday night and said, uh, we need you to work again Sunday. And I said, no, uh, I'm sorry. I said, I'm planning on being in church tomorrow. He never did ask me to work on Sunday anymore. That, uh, if I hadn't spoke up, I'd have been working every Sunday, I guess. But uh, 
it, it kind of puts people in a spot and uh, causes us to, to do things. But if you do have to work on Sunday, I would recommend at least take a day somewhere in the week where you can take a day off and, and spend that day resting and, and worshiping the Lord uh, and doing those kind of things that will help to renew your mind and refresh your body. Our body is, is a, a beautiful thing that God has created and He's given it to us. But it's not a body that can just keep operating without rest. It needs rest. And uh, that's why you need a good night's sleep every, every night and to allow your body to rest. But uh, anyone else with comments you'd like to make on Joe Little, he, he ran a pharmacy there in Sweetwater, and Joe's a good Christian man. If someone was real sick and they called him, he would go and get them the medicine they needed. But then he'd lock the door up and go back home. But uh, Moses is, or God is trying to help Moses to keep these people from working themselves to death. Uh, it, it took a long time to to do all of this work. Remember, Moses is just getting the instructions for it. The people haven't heard all of this yet. But uh, at the end of this chapter, the beginning of the next chapter, Moses comes down off of the mountain and tells the people all that God had told him. Verse 15 says, Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. It's His day. We still call it the Lord's day, don't we? Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. What's the word perpetual mean? Continues on and on and on. Huh. Never, ending. Never ending. That's right, Holly. He says in verse 17, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel. Now get that. Me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day He rested and was refreshed. So, God had to take a day to rest. And He passes that on to us. Verse 18, He gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. Now think about that. All the time that God has been communing with 
Moses and telling him about all about the tabernacle, how to build it, and all of those kind of things. God has also been doing something else, writing the Ten Commandments in stone. And it says, written with the finger of God. I don't know about you, but I can't write very well with my finger. Every once in a while, <laughs> every once in a while, you know, you swipe a credit card and it'll ask for a signature and you take your finger and try to write on there. I can't even read it once I've wrote it. <laughs> they take it. But, uh, but God wrote this out. God gave this to Moses. And we'll find out later on where it's to be kept. But any questions or comments? I know we're uh, having a shorter session tonight, but that's okay. You don't mind to get out early, do you? Yeah, a laser or something. <laughs> it's uh, something to think about, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll cover that next time. I believe that's in the following chapter. But uh, God took so much of time and so much space here in the book of Exodus of giving all the details of that tabernacle. And we've talked a lot about that veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. Now when they quit using the tabernacle and built a temple, that temple that was in Jerusalem in the days of Jesus, it took Harried 46 years to construct that temple. Must have been a majestic, majestic thing. But they tell us that that veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place was 60 feet tall. And I've even heard some commentators said it was two feet thick. Now, I've never found that in the Bible. But that is the veil that was torn in half when Jesus died on the cross. And that signifies that you and I can enter into the presence of God through Jesus Christ. And I, I just want you to keep that in mind as we have studied about the tabernacle. And they still another nine chapters here to go in this. But uh, I don't know, I guess we'll come back and touch on the tabernacle again and again. But remember that every piece in that tabernacle in some way reminds us of Jesus. God wanted to instruct, God instructed them so it would be built correctly into His plans. And that's something that we need to always remember. 
to follow God's plans. Not our plans, but God's plans. Whatever we're doing, if we'll ask for God's guidance and direction, God will surely do that. So any, any other questions or comments before we gather in our prayer groups and close out in prayer? Rick? Well, that's a good question. I wish I had a good answer for it. Uh, we do worship on the first day of the week because that's the day Jesus arose from the dead. And we find the early church worshiping on that day. Uh, if you go to the Holy Land, the Muslim Sabbath is on Friday. The Jewish Sabbath is on Saturday. And the Christian Sabbath is on Sunday. So <laughs> you, you can uh, go to somewhere in that city any day of the week and buy stuff or trade and those kind of things. The, uh, the Muslims shut their businesses down on Friday, the Jews on Saturday, and the Christians on Sunday. And there's a a Christian quarter, there's a Jewish quarter, and there's a, uh, uh, what word am I hunting for? Muslim quarter. And uh, I don't know who owns the other quarter, but anyway, those things are happening. But uh, they still observe that, and I honor them for it. I don't get angry with somebody if they say I worship on Saturday. That's fine. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, we ought to worship every day, shouldn't we? And every day. And spend time with God. Everybody got a prayer sheet? Well, let's uh, close out this uh, time of the service tonight.